we're going to just dedicate this moment, this time here, to our communion reflection. Now, many of you have probably been to different kinds of church experiences and had uh, uh, different approaches to the Lord's Supper and to communion. And, and, and there's an important phrase that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, we, 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 don't, we don't do this because there's something mystical and powerful that happens that our salvation is dependent upon. If we don't have communion, then we're not saved. That's, that's not what's going on here. He said, do this and remember to be. We, we, are, we are to, our hearts and our minds are to recall what is it that Jesus has done for us? And who are we? We're to be reminded of who we are because of Jesus Christ in this. And so this time is, is a symbolic time that causes us to remember what Jesus has done, how he's changed our lives, and who we are as a result. There's a passage that I'm going to be sharing from in a book called 1 Corinthians. It's in the second part of your Bible. Uh, you can turn there if you want to. You can use your Bible or Bible app. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you in English or Spanish. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 17. And, and, and uh, this guy named the Apostle Paul, he talks with this local church who was celebrating, this is several decades after Jesus had already died, and they'd lost sight of what the meaning of communion was, what the meaning of the Lord's Supper was. And it had become something that, that, was, that was far from what Jesus intended. In fact, it, it became something that even dishonored Jesus and God's people. And so we're going to walk through this passage and, and, and just to be reminded ourselves that this is such a special time and it's such a powerful time and what it, it, it invites us to remember anew and experience anew. I'm going to start off, I'm going to break down the passage and we're going to walk through it as we prepare for communion today. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. But in the following instructions... I do not commend you, because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it's not for the Lord's Supper that you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead of his own with his own meal, and one goes hungry, and the other one gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. What's going on here is we, we jump right into this scene and scenario with, with this church in this, this community called Corinth. Obviously, there's something really wrong. Paul says, I do, in the following instructions, I don't commend you. I don't approve of what's going on. When they gather together to celebrate the work of Jesus, 
communion, the, the, the body, the blood of Jesus, the, the bread, the cup. When they got together, what, what had been developed at that time was, was that they, they, they would have a feast. It wasn't just the elements of the cracker that we have and the juice or the bread and the wine. It wasn't just that. It was so much more. They called them, in fact, a love feast. A love feast. Because in this time together, it celebrated what Jesus had accomplished on the cross for you and me. Didn't just make us right with God. Didn't just forgive us in relation with God. Didn't just pay our penalty that we deserve in relation to God. It made us one with each other. It, it, it calls us out of, of living selfish lives and living love. Jesus said, and we'll get to it later in our sermon series in John, in John chapter 13, he says, the world will know you're mine because of your love for one another. The world will know you're mine. They'll know you're my disciples because of your love for one another. This table that celebrated what Jesus had accomplished with God also celebrates what Jesus accomplishes us among us with each other. I like the image of the cross. You notice the cross is two, two directions, right? It's vertical and horizontal. The cross doesn't just make us right vertically with God. It makes us right with each other horizontally. It brings us together. It's a force that causes us to lay aside things that would separate us normally, that causes us to, to, to be bitter and, 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 and unforgiving or, or, or to have social reasons not to connect. It brings us all together. And so the, this would, the, 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 the communion experience would become this feast. They would share a meal because what would happen in society is that these people would never come to the table together. They would never sit at a table together. There was all these different class uh, distinctions, whether it was based on race, whether it was based on, on, on socioeconomic status, finances, you got your rich and your poor, or whatever it may be, th- these people would not be at the same table together with each other. But with Jesus, everyone is at the same table. And so they would share in these feasts. They would share everything in common with each other. So, so the, the, those who were wealthy, who could have food to spare and share, they would, they would have, bring extras for everybody, and, and everybody had abundance. It was a feast. Everybody was at the table together. These love feasts were special, powerful. But as we see here in the Corinthian community, they began to be broken down. The meaning of of being gathered together and why, the why behind it all is because of Jesus. Because we were broken before God. We deserve hell. And he saved us. But not only that, but he, he broke the walls between each other and he made us one. They forgot all that and their hearts had turned inward. It was just about themselves. It was just about me. So what would happen then is that the poorer who had to work long hours 
You know, this is kind of like some of our, our people at, at JBS, they have to work long hours. They're the factories. They're working long hours. We've got our nurses doing 12-hour shifts, our doctors. They, we've got these people working long, long hours. Where those who were well off in that time didn't have to work. They had m- their wealth, their money, uh, uh, their income generated for them by the things that they owned. And so they would show up on time. And they had their, the food and everything already there. And, and, and those who were poorer, they couldn't make it on time because they were working. And they didn't have, they couldn't go home and I'm going to make something up real quick and bring it. And so the rich, those who were well off, they got impatient. And they went ahead and started supper without them. To the point that they just indulged in just excess. It talks about here, while some are hungry, others get drunk. It's not so much about the intoxication as it is about the, the, the gluttony of it. Some, some had more than enough to drink, more than enough to eat, more, and others had nothing. This love feast, this, this table that Jesus has set before us where we are all equal and we all share and should share was being dishonored the difference between the work of Jesus and what was lived out was dramatic. And the church and the sacred space, this transforming space, was becoming hurtful and not healing and God-glorifying. Hearts turned Towards themselves. Slow callousing from apathy of culture, of abundance, comfort. Paul goes on to explain we got to get back to the real reasons behind our gathering together. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Going back to Jesus' words here. He's reminding reminding us, as Jesus had told us, this is my body broken for you. Remember, I came to set you free from yourself. That's the problem. Is that we are instinctively all about me. I came to set you free from that. My body, on the cross, I was slaughtered for you. My blood flowed in order that you would be forgiven, that your record would be removed, in order that your eyes would no longer look at your shame, what I've done, how broken I am to, to what he's done, who he is. And I'm so loved.
when we come to the table, we repeatedly, continually proclaim, he has died for us. We are a changed people. We're a crucified people. We've died to us. And we live for him. And we live for each other. It's not about us anymore. So when we come to this table, we're reminded of that. Therefore, he goes on to say, this should cause us to examine ourselves. Verse 27, whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person therefore examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill. Some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would be judged. We would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If one is, anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things I will give direction when it comes. When we get it right, this is, about, this is not about us. We come to the, G, the table here first and foremost to be reminded the work of Jesus and what he's done for us. We have, to, we, we have to look at our hearts. You know, Every time when we come to church on Sunday, right, it's kind of like this reset. Do you find that true for yourselves? Like, man, I've accumulated a lot in my heart, in my mind, in my life over the past week. Man, I, it's so quick how I can turn and make things about me. I can be, become so selfish and self-centered or, or how things happen in the week at, at, at work or, or at home. And, 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 and it triggers, you know, it taps that, that, that my, my heart and my, my selfishness. And, and, and man, I lashed out that time or, or, or I withdrew or, or I'm holding bitterness or, or I just didn't, you know, I just didn't want to care. I just don't want to care. And we get triggered throughout the week. And don't we find these times are powerful to help us reset? And that's what this table set up to do is remember. Remember. Remember him first. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. And when, when, when we realize that, all of a sudden our hearts are open. It's also... It's also about loving each other. Examine our hearts. Is there anything in the way here? Is there any ways your, your hearts have been turned towards yourself? Maybe it's because how you've been wounded. Not just in the past week, but recently. Your heart's harboring things. Maybe there's a need for forgiveness and letting go of that hurt. Like, I have the right to punish. This person needs to be punished for what they've done or for what they've done to me. You see, as we come to this table, we're reminded that all are welcome who will come through Jesus Christ. All who've trusted in him, all who have, have come by way of the gate we talked about last week. The blood of Jesus are now blood family with each other. 
We're all the same. We're all at the table. If there's anybody that you're, you're like, I don't want to be at the table with them. Maybe it's bitterness or unforgiveness. Maybe there's pride. I don't like them. Or they're, 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 they're broken. They've got this going on in their life. And there's that sense of, of well, we wouldn't say we're superior, but there's that sense of, I, I'm welcomed, but that person's not. Jesus welcomed you. Even while you were sinning. Or maybe there's prejudice. For whatever reason, a person's lifestyle, choices, status, whatever it may be, I, I don't want to be at the table with them. Use that language, they, them. They're not ours. They're not family. Maybe it's just apathy. Just, just caught up in selfishness and self-centeredness. And this is, this, you come to this table and it's just about you and God. Jesus didn't save you for a Jesus and me relationship. You were saved out of isolation into community. You were saved to be part of a family. You were saved to love others because of the love of God. Or maybe you, you are the one, you're afraid to come to the table because of shame. That chair is there for you. You see, Jesus made the way for you. And if you're trolling back and you're stiff-arming Jesus because you say, I am too broken and I have this stuff in my life, you, can't, you won't welcome me, that, 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 that's pride. Do you realize that? That's pride. You're saying, you're saying that, 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 that Jesus is wrong to welcome you, that, that you know better than Jesus. And he says, come, I paid it all. You don't have to keep paying your price. I paid it all. You don't need to finish my work because it's finished. I did it all. Come to the table. So examine our hearts. As we go into this time of communion here now,